Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and I am really excited for today. Um, Today we're going to preview the defense. And the reason we're doing that, of course, is that uh, spring camp starts on Monday. And so I figured, you know, we should probably go through this stuff. If you missed Thursday's or no, Wednesday's show, that was the offensive preview. Some good stuff in there. Today's preview, though... Uh, for the defensive side of the ball, I, I've i got a lot of notes to get to today. Um, and, you know, it's going to be even more fun just because I really think that we know nothing about what Colorado's defense is going to be next year. Um, obviously, like, it'll pull some bits and pieces from this year, but but what those bits and pieces are, I'm not so sure. We heard from Chris Wilson, the defensive coordinator yesterday, who said that... Basically, we are going to change our defense week to week to match what the offense wants to do. Makes a lot of sense. Like, that's that's how football should work. But, you know, it's getting away from saying we are a 3-4 defense or, you know, the, the weird, more modern 3-4 defense that the Buffs and a lot of college football teams run where it's really like a 3-3-5 with one of those five de- defensive backs being a hybrid linebacker safety type who plays in the slot but kind of plays outside linebacker. So that alone provides some flexibility. You you can change who's in that star spot. You can rotate where the defensive line lines up, where those linebackers line up, and kind of make it work like a 3-4 or like a 4-3 or like you're in nickel with a three-man front or a four-man front or whatever you want. And... Because of that, to me, there's a chance that the changes aren't all that huge. Um, but there's also a chance that that they do just say, you know what, if we can just match what the offense wants to do, then we don't need the most complicated schemes. If, if what we're doing is putting us in a great situation, then maybe we don't need five changes off of everything. Again, don't really know what to expect, but that's why the door is so wide open. What we do know is that Chris Wilson really believes in building his scheme around the players. And that's what makes previewing all these players so much fun. Because maybe we can get some sort of idea of what the Buffs are working with this year. Um, to be totally honest, by the end of the show, we're all still going to have a whole bunch of questions. But I'm hoping the questions will be more well-informed, I guess. Uh so that's really the plan for today. I don't know how long it's going to take. Um, it, it could be a shorter show. It could be a long one like the offensive preview. 
But let's just dig in. Uh, before that, though, uh, I want to say a couple more words about our presenting sponsor, the Colorado XOs. So what the Colorado XOs are is a rugby team. They're based in Glendale, Colorado, and they train in the same facility as the U.S. national teams at the Rugby Town National Training Center. The goal for the Colorado XOs is to take athletes from other sports and turn them into rugby athletes so that they can take one of the spots on that U.S. national team. It's a cool project. Uh, it's fun to follow along, and we really recommend you do that with the DMVR Rugby podcast, with the DMVR Rugby Twitter account, and with the written content at thedmvr.com. All right. Let's just dig in. Um, a bunch of different ways that we could go. Um, some of this is going to be easier than the rest of it. And I'm trying to decide... Let's let's save the defensive backs from the end. We're gonna we're gonna work front to back, starting with this defensive line. Um, go through the linebackers, go through the secondary, and then we'll call it a day. And again, like the reason I think this show might be shorter is because you know when you talk about the offense, you go through the offensive line, and when you go through the offensive line, it's like okay, so you're finding the five best guys, but also you're kind of looking for two tackles. And then three interior guys. You know, then you have to find a tight end, which is its own thing. You have to find receivers, which again, like there's a group. You're kind of just pulling your top five or six and rotating them in. Um, the running backs is a whole nother position. And so there's just so many things to go into. And today it's really defensive linemen, outside linebackers, inside linebackers, and the secondary. Because that's how the buffs approach things. So we'll see how it goes. Um, the defensive line, though... Let's start with this. So, when you look at the snap counts from last year, Mustafa Johnson led the way with 374. Um, next up was Terrence Lang at 317, among defensive linemen, of course. Um, Jalen Sami at 176, so there's your big drop-off. Janaz Jordan at 137. Um... Let's see who sometimes I don't agree. So like Naim Rodman uh, at 89, Jeremiah Doss at 58, uh, Justin Jackson at 12, Lloyd Murray at eight. So when you look at that, obviously like a bunch of guys get on the field. There's, there's a clear top two in Mustafa Johnson and Terrence Lang. Um, Mustafa was in front of Terrence 374 to three, uh, 317. I think Basically, Terrence takes all Mustafa's snaps, and who knows? I think there's a chance that he might even be capable of playing a few more snaps per game than Mustafa is. Um, at the same time, we talked about this a little bit with the running backs and Jarek Broussard. You know, he can put up 30 yards or 30 carries per game when he's playing a six-game season. What happens when it's a 12-game season? And so maybe Mustafa's per-game number falls a little bit, and... Uh, Terrence falls a little bit lower because you just don't want that sort of wear and tear over 13 weeks. Um, but that's how I see it. That leaves, obviously, a huge hole. Um, those 300-and-something snaps that you are trying to fill. And the good news is there's a bunch of guys who I think that Colorado is going to be really excited to put out there. You know, we've, we've heard about the depth in this defensive line for a couple of years now. And, you know, this is, this is when that's going to come into play again. 
the question is who gets expanded roles in this rotation. And to just answer that question, I think it's a bunch of guys. I, I don't think there's going to be a one-for-one replacement, somebody who just steps in and takes you know the equivalent of 350 snaps uh, from last season and this season. Um, you know, Jalen Sami is probably the first guy you look at. Um, he was productive, but with his body type, with him being more of a nose tackle type, you do wonder if he's really capable of playing all that many more snaps. And and I do think that he is, but, you know, you got to wait and see. It's also worth noting that he missed a game. Also, Terrence missed a game, so maybe he would have been right in line with Mustafa last year. Um Here's another way to look at this. Um, By going through these pressures. So, Mustafa Johnson led the way on the entire team last year with 18 pressures over the course of the season. They actually tied with Carson Wells. Um, Terrence Lang, right behind him with 17. Um, Nate Lamb and Isaiah Lewis at 10. Joshka Gustav at 8. Darren Rakestraw at 7. And then you get to the next defensive lineman, Jalen Sami at 4. You don't like to see that. It, it definitely, you have to keep in perspective, he didn't play as many snaps as uh, some of the other guys who are higher on this list. Um, but you see that. You see Janaz Jordan at three. And I guess, what, you, you triple that, and he's had a little, a few more snaps than Mustafa Johnson. He's putting up half the production. You want more than that this season. Um, Naeem Rodman also had three. Uh Jeremiah Doss had two, again, on fewer snaps. And so in smaller sample size, you've seen some guys who have been able to produce. You're, you're, you're likely going to need one of those guys to step up a little bit more this year. And it's going to help, I think, that Terrence Lang is likely to take another step forward. I think it definitely helps that Carson Wells, even if he doesn't take another step forward, which he absolutely could, then at the very least, he's a guy who other teams have know of. You know, when you when you scout Colorado at this point in his career, you say, "We got to pay attention to number twenty six. He's a problem." And because of that, you could see him get double teamed as just like the the first thing every offense tries at the start of every game is we're gonna go out there and the game plan is double team Carson Wells and hope you can single team everybody else. And if that doesn't work, then you got to change things up. Um, Terrence Lang is very close to that. He has all the physical tools to, uh, to, to be that sort of player. Just needs to make it happen. And it'll either click or it won't. And, you know, that's, that's going to be big for Colorado this year. You know, moving on from just the, the total pressures, only five players actually had sacks last year. Uh, Mustafa Johnson with three, Carson Wells with six, Terrence Lang with two, Nate Lamb in four, Isaiah Lewis with three. So even though you were getting a, a little bit in terms of pass rush away uh, uh, from you know Jalen Sami, those sorts of guys, they weren't getting home. Um, again, a whole lot of good things, and only one player. I guess you can do like the half sacks, but only one player gets to actually make the sack. You, you do wish that you could have seen just a little bit more. Um, the other numbers that I want to get through with uh, this defensive line is... Actually, there's two sets. Um, 
first, I want to go through and just look at like uh, who was the most productive in terms of like rushing the passer and pass rushing situations, and then also who was the most effective against the run. And then I feel like once you get that piece, then we can kind of go through, talk about some of these guys, and figure out what this rotation is going to look like, or at least make a little bit of a guess. Um, so Isaiah Lewis was a was a rock star. Uh, the all of the advanced stats really really like him. These are all from Pro Football Focus, by the way. Um, Nate Landman, of course, was more productive than basically everybody else when considering the opportunities he had. And you know, Jeremiah Doss kind of fits in that category. Two pressures and twenty five pass rush snaps. Um, Naeem Rodman had three and forty six. Janaz Jordan had three and sixty nine. Sami had four and one oh six. Um, Terrence Lang at 17 and 214, Mustafa 18 and, uh, 246. You're just, you're just not getting a lot of pass rush out of those guys so far, but you never know. Um, getting into these, uh, other stats real quick. So the, the stop stat, um, is defensive stops, tackles that constitute a failure for the offense. That is, I'm pretty sure, uh, First down, you have to get 50% of the yards to gain for it to be a success. Otherwise, it's a failure. So typically, it's first and 10. So you got to pick up five yards. I think that uh, it's 75% on second down of whatever's remaining. Uh, so if you're uh, second and four, then you want to get that down to third and one. And that's a success. Um, on third down, obviously, you pick it up. Fourth down, same thing. Um so, in terms of defensive stops, bet you can't guess who led the way, Nate Landman. Um, but then when we just talk about the defensive linemen, Mustafa Johnson had 11, Akil Jones, oh, sorry, sorry, defensive lineman only. Um, Janaz Jordan had six, Terrence Lang also had six. Terrence Lang played three times as many snaps, again, if we want to uh, dig into that. Um and then Jeremiah Doss and Jalen Sami each had one. So, again, it's, it's not great stuff. Um, in there, you see Terrence Lang. Where has he been the most productive? In the passing game, not really a surprise. That's what we thought of him. Um, but that does make you feel just a little bit better knowing that that's how things shape up. Where your best defensive lineman... In my opinion, Terrence Lang. You know, I, I do. Jalen Sami has so many tools. Janaz Jordan has done a lot of really good things. Um, Justin Jackson. Like, there are a bunch of guys who you could see taking big steps forward. To this point, though, Terrence Lang has been the best defensive lineman who is currently on this roster. Um, with him being a pass rush guy and most of the other guys being more run stuff types, you know, that'll help balance things out. I, uh,. I was really high on this defensive line coming into this offseason, and I, I still am. I still think that with Chris Wilson, you put the pieces together. I think that it, it's just it's time for guys to take a step, and with so many of them, um, you know, you, you have Janaz Jordan, who's been around for a while but is slowly getting better. Maybe he's getting, like, that grown man strength at this point. Um, Jeremiah Doss, very similar situation. Um, Jalen Sami, uh, junior, Naeem Rodman, a junior, um, Jaden Simon, Austin Williams. There are some young guys who I think could take some steps forward. And with such a veteran group, it'd be a surprise if you're going to have 
real problems. Um, especially because Carson Wells is almost like a defensive lineman anyway. You know, he, he does some different things for this defense, but a lot of what he does is kind of set that edge or rush the passer from the edge. And, you know, that's that's doing basically a defensive lineman's job. And so that does kind of change how you view this group overall. Um, Carson Wells, by the way, 364 defensive snaps, only 58 of those were he uh, with him in coverage. So 58 of 364, that's like 300 and something out of 364. He's playing the run, playing the pass. So basically a defensive lineman, but a linebacker because of some others, you know, um, in terms of like this spring camp, it's going to be huge for these defensive linemen. Um, you know, Terrence Lang, Jalen Sami, they're going to be important pieces of this equation. Terrence, because you trust him, you've, you've seen him produce and, uh, Jalen, because, the talent is obvious. He's he's had some production in his career. And also, he's your guy with that sort of size. And I think that Chris Wilson does want to get, you know, a big body right in the middle to challenge the offensive line. You know, with Jalen Sami, it is really hard for basically any center in the Pac-12 to block him one-on-one just because of the size and because of the strength and all of that. And so if you can just get that easy double team, which he's he's pretty good at drawing. With with the guys he had him around him last year, you probably didn't see it as much as you'd expect. But because he does project as somebody who's going to change the offense in that way, you do expect both him and Terrence Lang to be big pieces of this rotation at the very least. And then from there, I think that... Where do you look first? I think it is Janaz Jordan that you look to first, kind of as I guess is that number three defensive lineman. And I th- I think that the rotation is probably going to be five deep to six deep. Six deep probably being a guy who gets on there for like three snaps a game, four snaps a game. Yeah, I I, I think that that's about right. It it might go that might be more of like what the seventh guy is getting instead of the sixth. But I'm gonna go with the sixth. Um, so if you have Janaz Jordan at number three, uh, where do you go from there? I think you expect the next guy up. If, if you had to choose somebody to be, to, uh, Austin Williams, Justin Jackson, Naeem Rodman, probably Naeem Rodman. I'd go Naeem Rodman next. And then Justin Jackson, Jeremiah Doss, Austin Williams, Lloyd Murray, it's going to be a big competition. And honestly, even a guy like Lloyd Murray, you're you're happy if you see him on the field. And that's true of pretty much all these guys, either because you think, you know, Janaz Jordan, a, a vet, somebody who's been around, he's going to be able to get his job done. A guy like Lloyd Murray, that's a young guy. The fact that he's getting playing time, it's impressive. It means good things for the future, even if maybe you're a little bit nervous about what's going to happen immediately. Um, and, and that is why I like this group still, even though you do have questions. You know, the Terrence Lang, Jalen Sami, Naeem Rodman, Janaz Jordan, whoever that third starter is, lineup is just not the same without Mustafa Johnson. Mustafa did so much, but there will come a day when another Colorado defensive lineman is as good as Mustafa Johnson was, 
maybe he's already on the roster. Maybe maybe there's a dry spell for 10 years, but you, you just never know. Any one of these guys could replace that production, or a couple of them could take enough steps that, you know, they can piecemeal it together. Um, let's take a quick break. If you haven't become a member of DNVR yet, then now is the time. There's a bunch of awesome deals going on, um, including that you can get a CBD holistics stick from Holistic Wellness, and it's a really cool thing. Basically, what it does is, well, you like break it, and then you stir it around in your drink, and then it becomes a CBD drink, and it'll help you with the things that CBD always helps people with. Um... The one that we send is a recovery stick. So it's meant for like helping your body after a long day of work or a long day of whatever you do for a long time during the day. And uh, you can also get the the sleep one, the stress one, the beauty, digest. They have great reviews. And again, you're getting it for free. Um, that's if you sign up for a year-long uh, membership. And on top of that, you'll get some coupons in case you want some more. Um, if you want to just go to holisticwellness.com, that's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com, and use the code DNVR30 for 30% off your purchase. Uh, it's an awesome product. Um, on top of getting one of those sticks, you also get uh, access to a members-only Discord. Um, you get to uh, read all of our content on the website. You get a big beer for the size of a small beer. Uh, there are weekly deals from the DMVR Locker. A um, whole bunch of cool stuff, and we appreciate it if you become a member. Also, Hassle Cattle Company. Uh, they are the best in farm-to-table Wagyu beef. And they ship all over the country. They're a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. But like I said, you can get their beef wherever you wanted. So many awesome products. The Wagyu smoked sausage, the New York strip, the beef bacon, the Wagyu frank without any fillers to jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy. Their hamburger won Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. And not only do we love their beef, the whole country loves their beef. They ship it to everybody. They actually ship it outside of the country. Um... They, they just shipped 15,000 pounds of meat to Peru. So that's pretty crazy. Um, again, it's really good Wagyu beef. It's, um, it's, it's meant for average people who don't want to spend the price that beef or Wagyu beef usually costs. Um, you can go to HassleCattleCompany.com, H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com, and use the promo code DMVR10 for 10% off your order. That's DMVR10 for 10% off any orders over $200, and you receive free shipping. Check them out. We promise that you will not be disappointed. Also, the tournament is in full swing, and the action hasn't disappointed. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of the action. Bet $1 on any tournament game, and if your team wins, you win $100. It's that simple. Uh, pick any college basketball team that's still in the hunt for your shot at winning $100, and all it takes is a $1 bet and that team winning their game. Um, there's no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. And don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook has 100 to 1 on oh, odds on select fighters for this weekend's UFC 260. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DMVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the win. 
That's code DMVR to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Uh, linebackers. I'm excited about the linebackers. Um, we've actually kind of covered Carson Wells pretty well. Um, let me just say, like, there's no reason he can't do what he did this season again. Um, that was not a fluke. He's really, really good at football. I think that he had, I don't want to call it like a, a sophomore slump because I don't think it really, well, first of all, I think it was his junior season. Um, but after having like a good sophomore season, he didn't really put up the numbers that I had expected in my junior year. I remember when I first took this job, it was the summer after his sophomore season. And I remember talking to people in the office like Dre about him and, and people being really, really excited. And then you get into the season and it's like, ah, he's, he's, he's not causing problems, but he's not making plays. This year he made plays. I think that that was just kind of the switch flipping. I think that the scheme changed help. I think that letting him focus on penetrating was a very good call. Um, and yeah, I, I think that with these outside linebackers, one spot is already locked up. Carson Wells is going to be not only a starter at outside linebacker, but one of the focal points of the defense. And actually, I think Chris Wilson got asked yesterday, like, are Nate Lamon and uh, Carson Wells going to be focal points of the defense? And he's like, nope, it takes 11 guys. You got to be able to do everything. But, you know, we're all going to be focused on Carson Wells as we should be this season. The question is the other outside linebacker spot. Um, and there are some decent candidates. Um, the Buffs lost nobody. Yep, that's correct. They lost nobody. So everybody's back. Got uh, Josh Gagustav. Um, actually, in this depth chart, Alvin Williams is listed as an outside linebacker. I thought he was playing mostly defensive line. Um, maybe I was just wrong. That happens sometimes, I guess. Um, you know, with, with the other outside linebacker spot, first of all, it, it does hurt that Jason Harris transferred to Arizona. Um, to be totally honest, he might not have been ready even this year. Um, he has a bunch of things you'd like. Uh, for example, being six foot eight, um, he produced in high school. But I, I think last I saw, he was listed at like 240 pounds. And, and when you're that long and that lean, you can get pushed around. And that's, I would imagine, the reason he wasn't out there last year and the reason why there was a real chance he wasn't going to be out there this year. I do think that he is very talented. He has a great great potential moving forward. Um, and so it is tough that you don't have him in this competition because there was a chance that he was going to be the best of the group this year. Um, what you're left with is Guy Thomas, who started a bunch of games last year, um, and Jamar Montgomery, who played a lot last year. And like I said, Josh Gustav, Alvin Williams, Devin Grant. And actually, they have Chris Miller listed there, too. But that's more of, I mean, because he plays the star, which is kind of an outside linebacker spot. Um, when I look at this, I, I think that Josh Gustav has a real chance to push for the starting job. Um, 
you know, when we talk about the pressures, Joshka was incredibly productive. Um, he had eight pressures, which is the sixth most on the team. And he did that with 77 pass rush snaps, eight in 77. Carson Wells, for example, had 18 in 170. That's almost the same pace for uh, Joshka Gustav. Now, Joshka didn't convert any of those into sacks. He, he hit the quarterback a couple times. Um, the, there's, there's a lot to like about Joshka. And if you remember, he was one of the stars of last fall camp. He was very, very productive for like the first week or two. And then he wound up with an ankle injury that kind of just tanked him the rest of the way. And it made it an uphill battle for him to get on the field. When he did get on the field, though, not bad stuff. Um, outside of that, you know, as I was saying, Guy Thomas is, is an option. 42 pass rush snaps, three pressures. Um, 44 pass rush snaps for Jamar Montgomery, three pressures. Uh, you know, that's not bad stuff. Guy Thomas and Jamar Montgomery both actually had 104 defensive snaps this season. Um, Guy Thomas missed a game, so I guess maybe that does mean he was getting more reps. But I I don't know. I, I do think that this is going to be a pretty tight three-way competition um, with Jamar Montgomery, Guy Thomas, and Joshka Gustav. Joshka, who actually had 115 snaps, more than Montgomery or Guy Thomas. Um, we'll see. We'll see how this shakes out. Um, it does kind of feel, though, like if Joshka Gustav was able to do what he did last year, he should be able to take a step forward this year, which I guess could be true of the other guys, but the other guys have, they're older. Um, Joshka was a redshirt freshman last year. That means he's a redshirt freshman again this year. Um, Jamar Montgomery was a junior. Uh, Guy Thomas, I thought was a senior, but maybe I'm crazy. Um, so, there you go. That's what I'm thinking with the outside linebackers. I guess might as well touch on the cover stats since we have them. Um, let's do this for the whole defense. Um, we're just going to jump into all these. So pro football focus tracks things basically like what happens when the ball is thrown to somebody you're covering. And the results for a bunch of players were very good. For example, Carson Wells gave up a 35 passer rating when in coverage one of the best in the team. Nigel Bethel actually was better with a 2.8, but he wasn't on the field all that much. So what was that? Gave up one catch in three targets and uh, had a pick, which again, he did very, very well. He broke up the other pass. Um, small sample size. Small sample size for Carson, as we mentioned earlier, with only like a couple over 50 um, coverage snaps. Um, Guy Thomas didn't give up a catch on two targets. There you go. Can't complain about that. Uh, Jamar Montgomery gave up uh, one catch on two targets for uh, one yard. That's some pretty good stuff. And uh, I'm not sure that Josh Gustav was targeted this season. Oh, there it is. Um, oh, there it was. Uh, he gave up two catches for 22 yards on three targets. Again, it's pretty obvious how Colorado's using their outside linebackers, and it is not in coverage. So I don't really worry about that aspect all that much. Um, 
we'll go through some just general tackling stuff when we're done with everything else. You know, miss tackles, all that. Um, to keep going with the inside linebackers in coverage, because that is a very, 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 very part important part of that job in the Pac-12 right now. Um, John Van Deest was uh, worst on the team. Gave up five catches for uh, five five catches on six targets for uh, seventy no one hundred nineteen yards and a touchdown. It's one fifty eight point three uh, pass rating. Akil Jones gave up ten catches on twelve targets, one hundred thirty seven yards, four touchdowns, one hundred fifty three point eight passer rating. Um, the, that, I mean that that's what we knew about those guys, right? Like we knew Nate was. All right, they have him credited with uh, giving up 17 of 22 for 152 and a touchdown. He he needs to improve upon that. Um, you need to find somebody who can play linebacker, who can improve upon what Akil Jones and John Van Deest did. Um, Akil Jones is gone, by the way. Um, John Van Deest, I think he's got a real shot to win this job. Um, he's the most experienced candidate for the job. Um, you want to see him get a little bit better in coverage, of course, uh, but he did play the run game well, especially compared to, you know, um, we talked about that stop stat earlier. John Van Deese had seven stops. Akil Jones had eight. Pro Football Focus credits Akil with 11 missed tackles, four for Van Deese, um, 14 tackles for Van Deese, 13 for Jones. There's there's stuff you like about what John Van Deese does. Um He's good playing the run. He's not great playing the pass. That means that he may still just be the best option. He may get better in pass coverage. And, you know, if he could bring that 153 pass rating against down to 110, 120, then you start to feel a lot better about it. Or he's a rotational piece. Um, For example, you've got uh, Robert Barnes coming into the program uh, from Oklahoma, he's played, I think, out of high school, he was a safety, played some linebacker at Oklahoma. Um, Colorado lists him as an inside linebacker. So this is probably where you assume to see him play. Um, more of a cover guy, uh, you would expect, given his history at safety. And I think that when you look at him and John Van Deest, they might be a, a good like timeshare for that other spot next to Nate Landman. Um, two veteran guys. You feel good about it, especially because John was already like a decently important part of that defense last year. He was on the field. What? Let's see. Uh, 129 snaps. Uh, 294 for Akil Jones. So there you go. That's what the breakdown looked like. Um, also, you have a couple of young guys in there who will compete at the very least. Um, you've got Quinn Perry, you've got Mr. Williams, you've got Marvin Ham, and there are some freshmen as well, as there have been at all these positions, but we're not going to run through all of them. Um, Quinn Perry has a lot of tools, very long. Things didn't go well when he was on the field last year. Um Made. I wonder what the stats say about Quinn Perry because he wasn't out there all that much. Oh yeah, they do have him. There we go. Um, 
Quinn Perry, they say 73 snaps, uh, 35 run defense, 6 pass rush, 32 coverage. Um, he has uh, 4 tackles, uh, missed 2 tackles. He had 3 assisted tackles, so really 7 total tackles, 2 missed tackles. 3 of those were the stops that we talked about. Gave up 2 catches for for 10 yards on far, 4 targets. Yeah. That's, I guess that's solid stuff. Uh, the real problem was against Utah when he came in after the injury to Nate Landman. There were some issues with the run fits, um, and he gave up a couple of big plays because he didn't fulfill his assignment assignment in the run game. At least that's what I saw. Um, and that's kind of what you expect from a young player. Those are the pieces that can be difficult to put together for a linebacker because a lot of it is fairly taxing mentally. If he put some of those pieces together, maybe got just a little bit stronger because I don't know. He almost he almost has like a Micah Parsons type build, um, where he's very long, a very like linear athlete. Whereas your traditional linebacker, you know, your traditional inside linebacker is like six feet tall and boxy and wants to hit. And Quinn Perry, like 6'2", 240, he has good size. He's not like too small or anything like that. It's just that. It is a very linear six foot two, and again, like there's a reason Micah Parsons is projected to be like a top ten potentially pick in the draft. JOK uh, from Notre Dame is in that same boat. Those long type of linebackers, they have a bunch of advantages. They can almost bust out pass rush moves using those arms um, when they blitz. Uh, they that obviously helps in, in coverage. They're able to reach farther to knock away passes in the run game you uh you can reach out and grab somebody in a way that other defenders can't there's a lot to like about who he is as a player pieces just need to come together and if they do buffs might have somebody really really exciting at linebacker um and if it's not quinn perry there are other options as well um like I said, you've got Mr. Williams, who was a true freshman last year. Again, that means he's a true freshman this year. Um, I obviously haven't seen him play all that much. Nobody really has. We don't have a lot to work off of. We know that he was the 60th rated player at his position. Um, six foot 245, more of your traditional build for a linebacker. See what he can do. See what he can do. Um, now's now's the time where the door is technically open. You know, that first year, you really don't plan on seeing the field. Um, it happens sometimes, but usually when it happens, it's not because, like, wow, he was the star of camp. It's because, like, oh, no, we had three injuries at the same position. Quick, who can we throw out there? Um, there are exceptions. Christian Gonzalez is an exception to that. Um, but for the most part, your window of, to actually play starts right now. Starts with this spring camp. That's where Mr. Williams is. Uh, Marvin Ham, uh, uh, one year further along, I believe. He he is going to be right in this too. A good athlete, moves well, um, fits well as that cover guy. Um, again, we just kind of have to wait and uh, see if he's ready at this point. Six one two twenty five. There you go. Um, here's what I'll say. Nate Landman, of course, is 
I, he might be the assuming health, which you know that's a big assumption given that he's coming off a torn ACL, and the first game of the season is what nine months, nine months after the injury. That's a you know very possible, and that's what all the coaches have said as well that he is very he's ready by then. I think Carl's even said like we're hoping to have him ready for fall camp. Um, at the same time as he himself, all those things. Let's just assume he's healthy. If that's the case, he is the favorite to win the Buck Kiss Award this year. You are putting somebody out there to compliment him. I think that you could make the case that you'd like to have a cover guy right there um, just just to make things a little bit easier. Um, you could also make the case that, you know, you're losing Mustafa Johnson. You want to plug up this run game, make sure that they never get that going. That was the strength of the team last year. Maybe you do say, hey, John Van Deest, we know you can do this. We've seen you do this before. First and second down, this is all yours. Third down, we're throwing whoever out there. And honestly, with how versatile Chris Wilson wants this defense to be, this might be a situation where it varies week to week. You know, you play Stanford, that's a John Van Deest game. You play uh, USC, that might be a Marvin Ham game. You play um, Oregon... That's a tough one because they can do both. You know, that's where you like to have Quinn Perry with that length, that little bit of cover. We don't know what he is in coverage all that well. I mean, again, we've seen the the two times he was targeted. Yeah, solid stuff. Um, but we do know that however good he is at coverage, that length is going to help him out. And, you know, you, you can look at him as somebody who you expect to be able to cover, especially against that Oregon team where they like to run tight ends out there. They like to play under center. If, if he is good enough playing the run game, then that's a game where you could absolutely see him being the best fit. Um, odds are they aren't going to have like three or four different guys they're going to start over the course of the season just because you're not likely to have that similar talent levels or ability levels this season. But... One or two of these guys, I think, are going to be starting games, and there's going to be a rotation, and it's going to be important that they use the the linebackers correctly uh, next to Nate Lehman. Um, Let's just knock the secondary out now. Um, the tough part with the secondary is that you don't really know what position anybody is. Um, they've all been cross-trained. Um, they've, they've all learned multiple positions, whether safety or corner or star, or some of them maybe even learned like the money position, the dime linebacker position. So how exactly they find their best five, it is very much up in the air. What I will say is that only two players left from last year's squad uh, in the secondary, and only one of them was a starter. So they've lost KJ Trujillo. They lost Darian Rakestraw. There's a world in which they just say, you know what? What we did last year worked. We had Christian Gonzalez starting outside. We had Makai Blackman starting outside. We had Isaiah Lewis at strong safety. Now we need to find our free safety. And we really like Torin Pittman. He was a guy who maybe could have played as a freshman last year. I think that that's probably where you look for that starting free safety. Um, 
Although, you know, moving Isaiah Lewis over there wouldn't be the biggest surprise in the world. Um, Chris Miller starting there wouldn't be the biggest surprise in the world. Um, Makai Blackman, you could see a world in which they want to put him back there and, and move Chris Miller to corner or play Tariq Luckett or Nigel Bethel or Jalen Stryker. There's a lot of guys at these positions, and the truth is they're just going to figure out who the five most talented are or five who have the best abilities this season and then figure out how to piece them together. Um, and I think that the odds are, after how well last season went, you probably don't make all that many changes. I think you you like Christian Gonzalez outside. He's 6'2", 200. You played him at corner last year. That's where his experience is. He's a prototypical corner. He's fast. He's long. You want to turn him into a lockdown outside guy because that is incredibly valuable. So I don't think he's moving. Isaiah Lewis, I think, is going to be one of the safeties, though he could wind up being a backup, a rotational piece. He played so well last year. I mean, again, in all of those categories, he was ranking toward the top. I wouldn't be surprised if if it's actually Makai Blackman or Chris Miller coming in off the bench while Isaiah Lewis starts, and I don't think that's what would happen. Um, I think that either one of those guys would start over whoever your other safety is, whether it's... um, Torin Pittman, Mark Perry. Um, Mark Perry is going to be an important piece. I'm not sure what his role is going to be, but, you know, doing the track thing, I'm not sure if we talked about this all that much, but Mark Perry is running the 100-meter dash for the Buffs track team this spring. They've put together a plan, so it's not going to interfere with football at all. So don't worry about that. They've put together workouts that... I'm pretty sure I said would be kind of like beneficial to both. You know, you're, you're basically doing football workouts, but maybe working on a little bit more speed. Mark Perry, Mark Perry is a mystery box to me, but the um, a mystery box that you would spend a lot of money to have. Um, I'm not sure what he's going to be best at. You know, he might be best at star. You know, that that combination of setting the edge in the run game, blitzing off the edge in the passing game, or the other option in the passing game, just going into coverage. That might fit him well. Free safety could fit him well. If you just said, you know what? We want to play man underneath and let Mark play the the deep middle. He's just playing over top, going where he wants to go, roaming. I think that could be successful too, just because he has the speed and the range to do that. Um, you you want to put him as a box safety. You want to put him as your dime linebacker. I, I know I think very highly of Mark Perry, but again, you just look at the, the size and the speed, just the traits there's a role for him on a football field. Um, and they've played him in some different places. I'm not sure what exactly that role is, but I, I do think we'll be seeing quite a bit of him. Um, so, yeah. The weird thing, I guess, is that let's say you, you call it five starters because one's your slot corner slash stars, whatever. Christian Gonzalez is a starter. Isaiah Lewis is a starter. Makai Blackman is probably a starter. And there's three. Chris Miller, I think also probably a starter. Torin Pittman could very well be ready. Mark Perry could very well be ready. Um, Nigel Bethel could. Uh, Jalen Stryker, Tariq Luckett. This is going to be a good group. There's enough high upside guys. You know, Christian Gonzalez, Isaiah Lewis was so productive last year that I think you look at him in a similar way. Um, and enough other pieces where of those other seven guys, let's say, 
you need one of them. If one of them kind of breaks out and becomes an, a stud and an all pack 12 type of player, well, then as long as the other six can combine to provide like three players who just don't get burned whenever they're on the field, the secondary will be one of the best in the pack 12. Um, when you look at, you know, it's easy to look at this as like defensive line, linebackers, secondary. And it's easy because, you know, that's literally what we did today. But that's not exactly how it works. And so even though you can look at the defensive line and say, you lose Mustafa Johnson, the peripheral stats for some of the, the other defensive linemen outside of Terrence Lang have, you know, not been great. Maybe comparing people to Terrence Lang and Mustafa Johnson is just like too high standards, but that's what Buffs fans want. That's what they saw last year. Um, you go to the linebackers and say, yeah, you have Nate, you have Carson. It's tough to make an argument that this will be a bad group, but who is your outside linebacker? Who is your other inside linebacker? Those those two positions at this point are not strengths on the team. It's college football, so by the start of the season, who knows? Those could be two of your best players. You know, if Josh Gagustav is for real, then all of a sudden you say, hey, what were we ever worrying about half of our linebacker spots for? Um and so you could make the argument that, I don't know, this is definitely the best linebacker group or one of the best linebacker groups in the Pac-12 just because they do have Carson Wells and Nate Lamon. Um, but people who don't know what they're talking about could argue something different um, with the reasoning being, who are the other two? Um, the secondary, it, w- it was productive last year, but how big are the names? You know, maybe that's your doubt. I, I I don't think anybody's arguing outside of the top five secondaries in the Pac-12. But when you go group by group by group, the point is you don't fall in love with all of it. But when you say, how's the run defense? And you say, Jalen Sami, Terrence Legg, Carson Wells, Nate Lamon, John Van Deest, Janaz Jordan or Niam Rodman or whoever. Those are, I guess you have one more outside linebacker. Guy Thomas, Jamar Montgomery, Chris Miller. Maybe you're playing the, the star position. Um, you like that run defense. You really like that run defense. And when you say pass defense, you say, okay, obviously you, you look to the secondary. You look to uh, the, the pass rush. And you say, with the pass rush, you're going to be lining up with Carson Wells, Terrence Lang, Jalen Sami, and one more guy. Could be Josh Gagustav if Josh Gagustav is what we thought he'd be. Could be um, Naeem Rodman, could be Janaz Jordan, could be whoever. But out of all those guys, I think you get a fourth productive pass rusher. Um, you have Nate Lamon, who's probably blitzing on most passing downs. That's just his role. Um, you, you, you maybe have some questions about the, the second level of the defense against the pass. But again, if, if Mark Perry's playing in the star or he's your dime linebacker, he's going to cover up a lot of space just because of that speed. You know, maybe Quinn Perry winds up with that length being next to him. Those two just almost play like a zone defense right there. I mean, it would be a zone defense, but feel like a basketball one because of those arms. Um, You know, everything does fit together really well. No, No team is going to, I mean, Alabama is going to have a strength at every position on the field. That's about it. In college football, every team has holes. And for your holes to be... Either, like, let's say there's three holes right now. One of them is going to be filled by Janaz Jordan, Naeem Rodman, um, Austin Williams, Jeremiah Doss. Not that bad of a hole. Another hole is going to be filled by John Van Deest, Quinn Perry, Mr. Williams, Marvin Hamm. Not not that bad of a hole. 
Um, another one is going to be uh, Guy Thomas, Jamar Montgomery, uh, Josh Gustav. Again, you don't mind it. And one more is going to be Torin Pittman or Mark Perry or Nigel Bethel or Chris Miller. Tariq Luckett, Jalen Stryker. Like, yeah, th- this they have what they need to be a very good defense this year. And on top of that, they proved that they were a very good defense last year. Sure, they lose Akil Jones. They lose Mustafa Johnson. They lose KJ Trujillo, Darian Rakestraw, Devin Lynch, Chase Newman. You got the pieces. And, and I think a lot of guys are taking steps forward. Um, top three defense in the Pac-12. That's what I'm willing to say right now. And if it's number one, I, I, I'm not going to be surprised. Um, we're going to take a quick break and then make a really quick DraftKings pick of the week and talk about uh, how we're going to back the pack over the next couple of days in the Sweet 16. But first, I want to tell you guys about Gabby Insurance. Um, it is an awesome tool for anybody who's insurance shopping or anybody who just likes money um, because a lot of members and staff from DMVR have put their policy to the test uh, by turning to Gabby. When we did, Gabby saved us hundreds of dollars. Um, it literally stands for Get a Better Insurance. Gabby, G-A-B-I. Um, on average, people save over $900, $961 per year. Um, they can help you with your car insurance or your home insurance. And the way that it works is you basically answer the questions like you have to give your zip code, you have to blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Um, but then you just give them your insurance login and it'll pull your policy and get you quotes for that exact same policy from 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. It's a really, really cool tool because you're not getting any different insurance. You're just seeing if you can get the exact same product for less money because they ask for bids from 40 different insurers. It's a really cool thing. You seriously should check it out. It works on home insurance and car insurance. Uh, If you put your policy to the test like you did, or like we did, you'll get a better uh, insurance with Gabby. It's totally free to check. There's no obligation. They don't sell your information. So go to gabby.com slash DMVR. That's G-A-B-I.com slash DMVR. Gabby.com slash DMVR. Okay. All right. DraftKings pick of the week. We are running through these Pac-12 Sweet 16 games. And we're going to back the pack. I mean, everybody, this is, even though the buffs are not in this tournament anymore, it still does feel really good to see all the national narratives get crushed because people did not know what they were talking about. Um, No Pac-12 games. Oh, no, I'm sorry. One Pac-12 game on Saturday. Oregon State plays Loyola Chicago. It's going to be a good game. Loyola Chicago's favored by seven. Take Oregon State plus seven. They don't lose anymore. Um... On Sunday, you got a couple. Uh, you've got the first one at 5:15. UCLA playing Alabama. Alabama six and a half point favorite. They're long. People like that. Scopac 12. I mean, again, like you look at these teams. Like, sure, UCLA 20 and nine, not all that impressive. 26 and six though, and that's the difference between a two seed and 11. Who did Alabama beat? Let's see. Who did Alabama beat? Um, we're gonna go back to November. So they beat Jacksonville State. They uh, then lost to Stanford. They uh, beat UNLV. They beat Providence. They lost to Clemson. They beat Furman. They lost to Western Kentucky. Yeah, okay, see, and now we're done. We're going We're going with UCLA in this game, maybe even taking that money. I mean, def, I am definitely taking that money line. 
And I'm yes, I'll commit to recommending that you also take the money line. Oregon USC. This one's tougher because I can't just bank on my bias. Um, Oregon's the underdog. But, well, I know. Let's just take the over. It's college basketball, so you should never do that. But let's just take the over and root for offense. People love that. We want people to love the Pac-12. Um, there you go. That's it for today. I will be back on Monday after hearing from coaches and players about the first day of spring football. It's an exciting time. Glad you guys are riding with me, and we will be back on Monday. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway is pushing one. See you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And boat is where we station, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit you. Hit you, hit you, hit you. Hey, hey. you on your own now. Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it. Man, I swear I think